we are outside again. Although it feels like summer may be turning to fall, it is on the calendar and it's a little bit cool. It's wonderful, beautiful, and we're, we're glad to be together, aren't we? Do I hear an amen? Amen. 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 So uh, just some, some things to be aware of now we're outside. If you need to use the bathroom, you go right through here, and it's uh, down in the basement. So take care of that. And uh, glad to have Phil and Margaret back with us. You have perfect attendance so far, two for two. So we're proud of you. <clears throat> Let's turn to the Lord in prayer as we begin our time together. We're grateful, Father, in this season of spiritual, physical, emotional pandemic that you are God and that we can come to you and that you hear us, that you answer us, that you love us, you care about us, you have plans for us in this life and in the next. We rejoice in your love for us and we want to show our love for you as we worship you today, as we hear your word, as we fellowship together. We are here as your people, bound together through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we say yes to the things that you have for us. We say yes to your holy will for us. And we rejoice. We desire to extend your, your kingdom, the cause of the king on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so give us the kind of outlook that will reach out to neighbors and friends to help seal the deal and bring them into life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, I think you know the hymn, and if you don't, yeah, that works. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. It is good to be back. Uh, for those who don't know, I've been on sabbatical for 
the summer. And it's very much not summer at the moment, and so here I am. Um, I love fall, by the way, so I I'm hoping for a two-month fall. How about you guys? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? So, 2020, right? Craziness. It was a weird time to be on sabbatical, I gotta be honest. Um, it, was, it felt weird to be away from the church uh, during that time and you guys, but uh, it was God's plan, so praise God. We don't always understand what he's doing, <laughs> right? We often don't understand what's going on around us, uh, but we can trust him. He never changes. Isn't that a comforting thought? God is always the same. That doesn't mean he doesn't react to us or deal with us differently at different periods of our life, but his character is the same. He never changes. And I've really, I've been reminding myself of that almost daily <laughs> for the past few months in this world of constant change and turmoil and we don't know what's happening next to remember that, hey, he is solid. He never ever changes who he is. He is steadfast. Steadfast is a great Old Testament word. Uh, we should study that, Paul, and we should preach on the word steadfast. Paul's already done that. Um, it's good that he is steadfast. And when we drill down into the rock that is God, that is Jesus Christ, then when the times change and the sands shift and the waves come, it's not nearly as scary. And yeah, the waves might blow us back and forth like this, but we're still anchored. We're still chained to the rock. And we only float a little bit. We're not going to float off into the great beyond. We're not going to be out where we don't know. Because we know, even if we can't see because the storm's too bright or dark or scary or waves are too high or whatever the metaphor is, we know that we're connected to God. We're chained down. We've built our foundation on the rock. This wasn't my sermon for today, but I just, it's good. Let's, let's, let's keep that in mind and remember who God is. And uh, we'd have just a couple announcements. The offering box is on the back table there, as usual. Uh, looks like lyric sheets are getting around. And as Paul said, we're going to try to stay six feet apart. So you guys are used to the drill by now, right? So we're going to stay spaced out. Um, I won't have a mask while I'm up here, but I'm super far away. If I get too close, Anne or somebody just be like, whoa, whoa, back it up, Pastor Nate, because I'm not used to this. This is my first time, like, COVID preaching live, because we were still meeting online when I went on sabbatical. So, so I might need a couple reminders. Steve, let me know. Hey, hey back it up. Um, and I'll, I'll do my best to do that. And this is still a help each other remember stuff time, right? And it's a little strange, and it might go on for a few months or a year or whatever, but you know what? I'm just really happy we can meet together. If we're still outside in November, then probably, yeah. I, I usually wear shorts and sandals until the snow covers the toes of my sandals. But my sandals broke 2020. What are you going to do? So, so I need to get a new pair of sandals. But it's a weird time to buy a new pair of sandals. Maybe they're on sale. Thank you, Karen. Great idea. I should do that. Well, now that you all know my sandal situation is very important. I'll, I'll fill in uh, in a little bit what, what happened over sabbatical and what I was doing and that sort of thing, kind of catch everybody up. 
but I want to do more worship. How's that sound? Father God, we thank you for who you are. I thank you for this beautiful, very fall-like day. We thank you for this country. We recently had the anniversary of September 11, 2001. And I remember where I was. I'm sure all of us remember where we were. And I thank you, Lord, that we live in a country where we still have freedom, where we have freedom to meet together like this, freedom to work, to make ends meet for our family, to support one another. We don't want to take that for granted, so we thank you for that, Lord, and we think of the places in the world that don't have that kind of freedom right now. Lord, we think of China, and we think of some other places in Southeast Asia and in the Middle East who don't have that freedom. And Lord, we pray that you would break those chains of bondage over those places, over those people. We pray that you would encourage your people in these places to hold on. We're going to hold on and keep wearing masks and staying apart for a year, but that's a pretty small sacrifice compared to what so many of your people are doing throughout the world. And so we don't want to get complacent and complainy. Lord, we want to follow you and remember that we're just sojourners in this strange land. We're all missionaries. And sometimes when you're a missionary, you have to do different things than you're used to or that you'd like. And, and it's all in service to you. And so, Father God, we pray that you would bless us during this time as we bless you. As we worship you. And I I just want to take a a moment just in silent prayer for you to just lift up anything you have on your heart to the Lord. If it's something you did that you shouldn't have or haven't done that you should have, you can confess that. But any any other burden, there's plenty these days, am I right? Let's take a minute just to lift those up before the Lord. Let's maintain this attitude of prayer and just start lifting up your thanks to God. Just lift up your praise in your own words. You can sing it. You can say it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have the gift of tongues, go ahead and speak out or sing out in a tongue. If you don't have that gift, maybe it's a great time to Ask the Lord to give you that. Just open up your mouth and let the Holy Spirit praise the Lord through you.
How lovely is your dwelling place. How lovely is your dwelling place. Oh Lord Almighty, my soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied within your presence I sing beneath the shadow of your wings better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your thousands elsewhere better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your courts thousands elsewhere I'll sing that again better is one day better is one day in your courts better is one day in your house better is one day in your courts thousands elsewhere better is one day in your Better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere, thousands elsewhere. One thing I ask and I would seek to see your beauty, to find you in the place your glory dwells one thing i ask and i would seek to see your beauty to find you in the place your glory dwells Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. My heart and flesh, my heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Your spirit's water to my soul. I've tasted and I've seen 
Come once again to me. I will draw near to you. I will draw near to you. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day, better is one day, better is one day with you. Better is one day, better is one day, better is one day with you. Better is one day, better is one day, better is one day with you. Better is one day, better is one day, better is one day with you. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere, thousands elsewhere. If my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice, I'll hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. If the storms of life that come and the road ahead gets steep, I will lift these hands in faith, I will believe. I remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your son. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high, oh valley low, I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. And when my heart is filled with hope and every promise comes my way, when I feel your hands of grace rest upon me, staying desperate for you, God, staying humble at your feet, I will lift these hands in praise, I will believe. 
I remind myself of all that you've done And the life I have because of your son Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours I am forever yours Mountain high, oh valley low I sing out, remind my soul I am yours I am forever yours Love came down Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours I am forever yours Mountain high, oh valley low I'll sing out, remind my soul That I am yours I am forever yours Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours I am forever yours Mountain high, oh valley low I'll sing out, remind my soul I am yours I am forever yours I am yours I am yours all my days, Jesus, I am yours. I am yours, I am yours all my days, Jesus, I am yours. And I am yours, I am yours all my days. Jesus, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, all my days, Jesus, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, all my days, Jesus, I am yours. I am yours, I am yours, all my days, Jesus, I am yours. And my soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you. My soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you. My soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you. My soul sings. My soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you. My soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you. My soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings. How I love you, my 
soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you, my soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you, my soul sings. My soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you. My soul sings, my soul sings, my soul sings, how I love you. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the wave. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the love that made a way. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the storm into the way, and you make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the promises you made. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the storm into the way. You make me brave, you make me brave. No fear can hinder now, love made a way. You make me brave, you make me brave. You call me out beyond shore into the way. You make me brave, you make me brave. No fear can hinder now the promises you made. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the way. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the promises you made. You make me brave, you make me brave, you call me out beyond the shore into the way, you make me brave, you make me brave, no fear can hinder now the promises you made.
gotten way too big in front and we can't see it out there. And I feel like God has let our eyes be lifted above the waves and see the Lord out there. And he's there at that place, beckoning us, calling us, coaching us forward, because that's where the promise will be fulfilled. It's on the other side of the waves. He's faithful. He's going to fulfill those promises. But we've got to persevere through the waves and he will be with us every wave of the way. Amen. That, that was a word from the Lord. Who feels like they need to grab a hold of that word? That there are promises that God has for you that maybe you can't quite see because the waves are just a little too high, but they're exactly where they should be. We thank you, Father, that you've already given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. They're already there for us. Whether the waves block our view temporarily or not, we thank you that you are there, that your promises are there, that your blessings are there for us. So I want you to just reach out. Why don't you hold out your hands, hold them up, hold them out, whatever you want to do. And I want you to just receive those things that God has for you right now. I break off the lie that you're not going to receive anything because it's a bad year. I break off the lie that you're not going to receive anything because you haven't earned it because we, we, we can never deserve it. I break off the lie that you're disqualified because of something you've done in your past or something you haven't done. I break off the lie that God might do it for other people, but he's not going to do it for you. Just reach out and receive all the things that God has for you right now. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else have a word? So we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. We thank you for everything that you're doing. Help us not be distracted during the season with all the difficulties to forget to thank you for all the wonderful things you're still doing for us. With the women today, we we went over Psalm 103, and um, Paul's grandmother memorized that in, I, I was going to say in Norwegian, in her Norwegian accent. And uh, the way she said it was just so sweet, because she just said, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And you know the way she said it was with passion, and she just meant every word. And isn't it wonderful? Mom and dad have always, my mom and dad have always uh, believed that and said that also. Bless the Lord and all that is within me. And they taught us children 
my brother Steve and my sister Miriam from California is visiting. And she, she and I used to sing duets and we'd sing all four, six of us. Most of you know that and we keep repeating it because we just uh, have it, had enjoyed it so much all those years. And uh, it's such a privilege to sing together with all of you today and all of you whoever's watching. Isn't it wonderful that we can just praise the Lord with everything that's within us? Amen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Ducky comes up as uh, my brother Mark isn't here, but he taught us the, the proper, the, the liturgic, you know, he studied liturgics at uh, Notre Dame, you know. He's really up there. So he says the proper liturgical use of that Psalm 103, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He says, when you forget to say grace before you eat, you say that after you've eaten. <laughs> all that is within me. Okay, do we have kids here? All right, come on up. Pastor Paul. Okay. Do I look like Pastor Paul? Yeah, maybe. With my mask on. To hide his warts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> my warts. Where's Ducky? Where's Ducky? Boom! Yay! Hi, everybody! Hi, Ducky. All right. Let's come on up here, guys. Come on up here so we can see you. Oh, she needs a chair. Can you give a chair for this one? Oh, you don't need a chair? Oh, we're getting some feedback here. Some howling. I can howl like a wolf! Yeah. Ooh, do you hear that howling? Is it a wolf? Not a wolf! I'm scared of wolf! You're scared of wolf? Yeah. Look at... Okay, you can stand right there. Stand right here. Come on up here. What? Come next to us, okay? But you have to stay... You gotta stay six feet away. Yeah. Six meters. Six meters? <laughs> no, two meters. Oh, two meters, okay. That's good. What do I have to have this thing on anyway? <laughs> yeah, you're a duck. You don't need it, really. It's us who need it. Yeah, you guys are a bunch of sickles. Yeah, no, right? We don't want to share anything but love. No germs. No germs. And it's the most loving thing you can do, is not to share your bad germs. Bad breath like you! No, come on, I don't have bad breath. Oh, I think someone's scared of you. I think they're scared of you! Oh my goodness, I don't know. Scared of me? What's so scary about me? That's right. I can't bite, I don't have teeth. You don't have teeth. Oh, you can bite? Maybe bite? Maybe he thinks he, uh, no, they could bite. bees can bite. Oh, bees can bite. Yeah, bees. But not ducks. We're, I'm a nice duck. I don't bite. You don't bite. And geese, too. And geese. Geese are terrible about it. Yeah, we don't like geese. We like ducks. You yeah. Yes, stay close to the pond, but stay away from the geese. That's good, yes. See, we help one another with things that we need to learn. And that's our theme for today. 
It is. I thought it was being spaced. Oh, being spaced? Why do you say that? Uncle Nate said that. He said that? You should all be spaced. <laughs> That's not hard for you. I know it's not hard for me. You're always spaced. I know I'm always spaced. Well, kind of spacey. But anyway, we need to keep our distance and to not, uh, you know, keep our masks and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a loving thing. That's being helpful, helping one another. It's one of the nicest things you can do in COVID. But, you know, all through life, you know what? Whatever age you are, we all need help. You sure need help. I know I need help. But what do, when you're a little baby, do you need help? Yeah. Why do babies need help? Just like you. No, that's right. They, babies, they don't know how to do anything until they grow up. Am I grown up? Yep, you're kind of grown up. But uh, we all need to help one another. That's right. And then when you're really grown up and really, really old. Like you. Well, even who's older than even me? Do you know anybody around that's older than me? He's looking at him. Yep. Who's older than me? It's Yeah, who are they? Do you have a mommy and daddy? Do I have a mommy and daddy? Who are they? They're mommy and daddy. That's mommy. My mommy and daddy right there. Can you believe that? They're really old. They're really old. And they're still alive. They're still alive. <laughs> that's right. Yay, give them a hand. Wow, that's really old. They're almost 100 years old. Oh, that's really old, isn't it? Your grandma? Oh, your grandma already dies. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Your grandma's already died. Your grandpa's already dies. Yeah, but you know what? They, when you get really old like them, they need help too. And we have people that help them to do whatever they need to do. You know, they can't run around the block and go shopping and, you know, cooking and stuff like that. So we do that for them. Put them in a wheelchair. Yeah, but no wheels on their chair. What's the matter with their chairs? No wheels. No wheels. Yeah. Well, they can still walk, but they need a walker with the wheels on it. That's cool. I want one of those. Well, you got to get really old first. Yeah, that's right. Get really old. So we help them, and we help them before they go to heaven, right? And we help little children when they come into the earth, come into the earth, come into the world. And then we help each other, even though we're grown-ups. We think we can do everything. Yeah, you sure do. I know I do. But we, no matter what age we are, we need help. You need help. Yep, and... How about Becky? I can't help anybody. Why not? Because I can't fly. Well, I can't fly. In a plane. Yeah, in a plane. And what else? Can't walk. Can't walk. Yeah. Um, but you can talk. Yeah, that's true. I can talk. That's right. So we do whatever we can do to help one another. Yeah. And if you can help people by talking to them, that would be great. And, uh, and we all help another. What can you do to help people? Everybody think, what can you do to help people, okay? Because I'm going to ask you, Ducky's good. You going to ask him? Yeah. Everybody think, what's one thing you can do to help people? I know you use your big mouth. Yeah, you got one too. I do everything that's food. 
to do good, do good things to people. That's right. Maybe, is this your sister? Yes, can you help her sometimes when she gets scared or she can't get up on the chair? Yay, I like that. That's right. All right. Pastor Nate, you got anything you can do? There you go. All right. That's right. Maybe do the dishes or pick up her toys. Oh, there we go. Do the dishes, pick up our toys. Now we're getting word. Yeah. Mm hmm. You all heard it right here first. <laughs> yes, that's right. Anybody else? Paul? Love them. Love them. Tell them how much I love them. That's right. That's right. I, I, I that's, that too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but I saw, I saw him leaning in. Yeah, who's that woman next to him? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Love the people around you, right? Any other... Quick before we leave. Before I leave. Yeah, that's right. Pray for people. Pray for people. Does that really work though? Does that really work? Really? And he will give you his own love. That's wonderful. Isn't that? Can you do the sermon after this? Can you do the sermon after this? Okay. I think we had the sermon, but I mean, you know, that's great. Okay, Ducky, enough out of you. Enough out of you. Okay, let's say goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Did you get a new baby in your family? Yeah? I haven't met her yet. There's a new congregation member. <laughs> Hi, little one. And what's the name? Victor. Victor. Wonderful name. Well, thank you and welcome to Victor. Let's pray for Victor. Father God, we pray for Victor. We pray for this new child. In Jesus' name, we bless him with every blessing that you have for him. We pray for health. We pray for him to grow and mature just as you have designed him to do. And we thank you. I thank you for his name, that name, Victor. He is a victor in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's a little hard to hear with these masks on, right? You can hear me good. All right, so a little report on sabbatical. So I've been on sabbatical for the summer. Just came back right now. Here I am. Thank you. Thank you. So Paul had um, given me some words of warning based on his own experience of sabbatical that it's actually really hard to do and stick to not getting involved because you want to basically disconnect from the church and the ministry and that sort of thing. And that's part of the point of it. Um, and he had said it was going to be difficult. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll probably be fine though. Right. I won't, I, I'll, I'll have an easy time. And it was harder than I thought. 
Um, especially because the, these are just such weird days, right? So I want to know what's going on. Did you meet in person? What? Nope. Not going to ask. Okay, maybe I'll ask my mom. That doesn't count. So it, it was. There were there were definitely temptations to sort of cheat on sabbatical, but overall, I think I think I did all right. Um, initially, it was all just about recovering, because the two months beforehand, uh, with COVID and lockdown and distance learning with the kids, distance learning three kids was basically homeschooling, along with more work to pre-record messages for Lydia House and all that kind of stuff. And so it was, those two months were rough, right? They were rough. And so at first it was just like sleep <laughs> and recover and, and that sort of thing, help the kids to recover because it was tough on them. Kaylee missed her birthday with friends and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's tough when they're, when they're younger, you know. But the kids are doing well, by the way. Uh, they, they did a good job throughout the summer. Kaylee uh, was sick earlier this week. She missed a day, so she's not here. Andrew sprained his ankle yesterday. So he's not here and Bella's not here because I didn't want to bring just the six-year-old because uh, Sarah is working this morning, so. I didn't think that was good, but hopefully they'll be here soon and you can say hi to them. Kaylee wrote a couple songs over the summer um, and so she's excited to share those with you, as am I. And so you'll see them soon. They're doing well. Sarah's doing well. Um, work, is, work is work, right? And it can be uh, a little tough these days, but, but it's going all right. And so a lot of, lot of rest, a lot of recovery, uh, family time. Um, at the end of June, I was sort of starting to get a little antsy and I was like, all right, all right, because I had my nice long list of stuff I wanted to do and get done. Um, good goals, get working on my first book, finishing my second book, which is the devotional I'm writing with my brother, Matt, who you know, he says hi, by the way. Um, he, he, they came to visit us a couple times this summer too, which was awesome. And so I had my nice list of stuff. I wanted to do a bunch of podcasts with Matt and things like that that I don't really have time to do when it's work and school and all that kind of stuff. So I had my list, and I was starting to grow more and more antsy to get at my list, because I'm a doer. I, I, I'm known to write things down on my to-do list that I've actually just finished, just so I can cross it off. And some of you think that's insane, and others are like, well, obviously, that's what you would do. Um, and I'm that one, I'm the obviously one, because it, it, it makes me feel good, it gives me a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, I did it. Oh, it wasn't written down. Well, I'll just write it down, and then, yeah, I did it. Um, I'm weird, okay, and so are you, good, others, others, thank you, Paul, good, yes, back there, um, glad to know I'm not the only crazy guy. So, having this stuff that I wanted to get done that I wasn't really able to get to yet was tough, so I was starting to feel a little, a little pull between family and getting the stuff done, and so I was praying about it, right, novel idea, maybe I should pray about it, maybe I should say, hey, God, what, what, help, help me either relax or do it or whatever, and God said, something interesting. He said, well, you could go after your list and get that done. Or you could help your family have the best summer possible in the midst of the hardest year they've ever had. And he said it in such a way that it was kind of obvious <laughs> what his opinion was on what I should do. And I would like to say that I instantly said, Yes, I will for sure lay down all my plans and give all my time to my family. I would like to say that I jumped on that instantly, but I, I actually, I struggle with it for a little bit. Like, do I, is that really what God wants me to do? To, but I, I want to do this stuff, and it was good stuff. It, it was selfish in the sense that it was my stuff that I wanted to accomplish and my goals, 
but they were good goals. There's still things that I plan to do. Um, but God let me to lay those down uh, for the sake of my family. And I'd love to say, hey, champion dad. I jumped right on that, but it was, it was a struggle, quite honestly. For a couple days, I really struggled with it. And then even after I made the decision, all right, official new sabbatical plan, best summer ever. That's the new plan, and the other stuff can wait. And it was like, yay, and the kids were super pumped, and Sarah was super pumped, but I was still like, yeah, but all my stuff. <laughs> so honestly, it was probably about two weeks before I could really let go of my stuff that I wanted to do and just really give it to God. I wish I could say, yeah, it was no problem. But So I passed the test, but it took me a long time to pass that particular test. And I still want to get that stuff done. But I was able to lay it down and just be like, all right, well, this, this summer's about you and about the family. And you can inter interview them uh, when you see them to find out if it worked. But I think we had a pretty awesome summer in the midst of a pretty difficult year. And I don't regret the decision, and I think that in the future, when I look back, I doubt I will say, I wish I had gotten that book done two years earlier. That would have really made a difference. I think I'll say, I'm sure glad I spent that time with my family back when I was a young kid. I don't feel like a young kid right now, <laughs> feeling older and older every day. Um, so, so that was my little, my little struggle, my little challenge um, over the summer. And then the other challenge I had was that uh, the world right now, right? Uh, it's just, there's so much. There's just so much. There's too much. And I've talked before here about the occasional need to detox from life and media and everything that surrounds us. Sometimes we just get filled up with too much stuff. And I think that's what foot washing is about. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he's like, you don't need me to cleanse you again. You're cleansed. But every once in a while, you need to wash your feet off. Because just from walking through this world, you get nasty. Right? And it's, it's gross. And I think that's what foot washing is about. And I, I started feeling the need to do that. Um, particularly when it comes to media and all the stuff coming at us. Right? I mean, media is always fueled by fear. Most of you know my feelings on media, which is negative. Because <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just nothing but fear. It's nothing but gross. And, and it's all for profit. They just want to make money. And they will, get you, they will say anything and do anything to try to make money off you. And I don't, I don't want us to be naive and take that bait, right? Because we're not suckers. So at the same time, you want to know what's going on with COVID. You want to know why your city's burning. Like, what's going on? You want to know this stuff because it matters. Right? And we care about this world. We care about our own cities. We care about racism. I mean, we're an international church here. Like, we, in, in a sense, we have more stake in this game than some others do. Because we're really trying to live this as a church. And we're trying to struggle with some of these issues as a church. So we, we, I want to know what's going on. And yet there's so much toxic stuff attached to everything. And it's difficult. And I found myself... Um, allowing myself to get too much of that to the point where you get bent out of shape. If you've seen the peace series that I've done, God doesn't intend us to get bent out of shape by this kind of stuff. He intends us to deal with it, let it go, give it over to him. Um, but that's, that's tough to do. It's because it's just never ending right now, right? It's never ending. I found it hard to disconnect from all that noise um, this summer. And 
So I had to do that. I had to make a concerted effort to do that. And I wasn't as good at it as I often am. I mean, even just a couple days ago, I was reading something on my phone, some article, and I must have had a look on my face. Because Sarah looks over from the other side of the couch and she's like, is what you're reading edifying? <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, enraging is more like it. And she's like, well, what are you preaching on on Sunday? <laughs> maybe, you should, maybe you should practice that and just not read it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Reading this won't help anyone. My reading that won't help anyone else. Definitely won't help me. I obviously had a look on my face or like cartoon smoke coming out of my ears or something as I was reading this because Sarah's like, he, she puts on her ultra sweet voice. You know, us spouses, we know that's so. <laughs> knock it off. You know, is what she means. She means knock it off. But she says, so do you think that's something you should be doing when we're about to have a family movie time or whatever it was? And I'm like, no, babe, you're right. But it's so hard. It's so hard. And so I, I really struggled with that this week. And I, and I think, I'm guessing we're all struggling with this right now. That's what I'm going to guess. Because most of the Christians I've been talking to, my friends from this state, that state, um, it's really a challenge right now. And it's really struggling. And I see a lot of people just consuming too much of this toxic stuff without an off-ramp back to God to give it away. And the more toxic stuff you consume, it affects you. And eventually you get poisoned, right? Anybody ever eaten like bad shellfish or seven-day-old Chinese food or something like that? And about two hours later, you're like, oh, God in heaven, save me from this body of death. And, you know, the Psalms really become meaningful when you have food poisoning. What you consume affects you. Right? That's true for all of us. And it's really true for media and for all this stuff that's coming at us. And it's everywhere. We walk through the world and our feet get dirty. And you go to work and people are talking about it. And you're on, in, on the car on the radio and it's, 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 it's literally everywhere. And we can't get away from that, really. I mean, maybe you could go to a cabin somewhere and not use any devices and stuff. But most of us have jobs and lives and kids and stuff like that. So we have to figure out how to get rid of this toxic stuff before it makes us sick. And I think we need to do this regularly. And these days, I think we need to do it often because it is so extreme right now. It's so severe right now. And a lot of people I'm talking to, they're, they're just, they're sick. They're getting sick. You know, when, when the Bible says, above all, guard your hearts for it is the wellspring of life. It means that. We need to guard our heart. And when we read information, we need to try not to let it affect us and wreck us. And I've been talking to some people who, as soon as you bring up a hot button issue, they instantly go into a rage, a rage, or a rant about this or that, and they're parroting something they heard somewhere, and I'm just like, I'm not aware of this QAnon whatever weirdness, but okay. I don't know what you're talking about, though. But they go into these rants, and they go into these rages, and it's like right away. And these are people I know. These are good Christians, okay? And in, in, a, in, a, in a millisecond, they flip, and they start acting very non-Christian. You know, in election years, I've always noticed my whole life that in election years, Christians forget all about 1 Corinthians 13. It doesn't apply in election years. Hope all things, believe all things. no. Keep no record of wrongs? Absolutely not. I haven't written down the record of their wrongs, his wrongs. 
We, it doesn't count for some reason when we're talking about politics, which is silly, right? And I've been talking to people who are just so bent out of shape and they're really just spinning. They let themselves get to the point where they're just spinning out of control. And I have been there too. And it's very easy to engage in those conversations with other people, especially when you agree. Now, how much good is it going to do in the world when you argue with someone you agree with and you feed each other to just both spin out of control? I'm not sure how efficacious that is for the body of Christ or for our family or anyone's family. And so I see this happening, and I've experienced it a lot, especially in the last month with many friends I've talked to, many, and not just from here, but from a lot of other places. And I think we've just been consuming too much of this toxic stuff. And we need to get it out. We need to give it over and then try moving forward to keep it from building up too much, right? Because it, it's gross. It's no fun to be sick because of all the stuff that's going on. And by the way, I'm not saying it's not good to figure out what's going on in the world. We, we, we should vote. And so we need to figure out who we're going to vote for. And so we need to look into people and find out what they stand for. And do I agree with this? Do I like this? Is this important? And those are good things. But there comes a point where we've done that. And, and, and how much more do we really need to do? And when I look at the Bible, I don't see the apostles doing a ton of that. I don't see them going into rages and rants about the culture or about the government. In fact, Acts through the end talks about the government very little. It talks about the culture very little. What it talks about is the church culture and the people in the church. And that's what they're focused on. They're focused on us getting more like Jesus to become closer to him, to do what we need to do in the culture and in the world. But they don't spend a ton of time bagging on the culture. And they could have because their culture, their government was terrible. I mean, we might complain about ours and think we have it rough. It's nothing compared to them. Their emperor used to tie Christians to poles, dump pitch on them and light them on fire. He called them Christ candles. He thought they were tons of fun at his parties. That's real. Okay. The women didn't have any rights. People owned slaves. People were slaves. And even apart from all that kind of stuff, just life itself was really difficult. Rape, murder, commonplace. It was a very difficult time to live. And yet, we don't see them yelling and complaining about the government and the culture. We see them focusing primarily on the family, the church, and yourself. I'm not saying we shouldn't engage in the culture. I'm not saying we shouldn't engage with the church, with the government. I'm not saying we shouldn't engage in these things, but we need to remember where we're actually citizens of. And first and foremost, we're citizens of heaven. That supersedes our citizenship to any country, our membership to any club, our relationship to any church or anything else. We are citizens of heaven first. And I like to think of us as missionaries. You know, and when, when you're a missionary and you go to another place, you follow their customs and you do what they do. And so when I go and speak in Africa, which I've done, like it's hot for me there, right? So I want to wear shorts even here right now. <laughs> so there I really want to wear shorts, but it's very, very rude and disrespectful to wear shorts, especially as a man. I don't know why. I don't make up these kind of rules. And I could say, well, I don't need to do that. I have a right not to do that. 
guess what? I'm a missionary in those settings, so I do it. Do I like it? No. Is it comfortable? No. I get sick afterwards. But I do it anyway, because when we're missionaries, which we all are in this culture, in this world, we sometimes do things that we might not prefer to do. And that's sacrifice. That's service. That's what it means to follow God and do what he's asking us to do. And sometimes we might not like to be hanging out with the people we work with. <laughs> Maybe the people we work with are kind of toxic and we don't like being around that, but we have to do it. It's, it's part of our job. And so we can learn to be a light in those places, even if it's something we would choose to get out of if we could. Amen? And so the apostles, you know, they, they didn't focus on those things. They didn't focus on toppling the emperor to put a Christian in office. It never comes up. Ever. The only thing they say is, by the way, obey the emperor. Do whatever they tell you to do. Live at peace. Don't get in trouble. That's Romans 13. It's a great read. I'm not saying that we in America shouldn't be concerned about who's in office. I'm not saying that. I think that is important. But we have to remember where we are, who we are, what we're called to do. And we have to think about what is really going to help make that happen. What is going to help America? What is going to help our family, our circumstances? Is it spending more time thinking and talking about these things? Or is it maybe spending more time doing something else that is actually more beneficial? How much does it benefit us to spend a whole bunch of time reading about politics and talking about politics and, and arguing and all that kind of stuff? How much does that benefit us? How much does it benefit our families, the church, and our culture? Really, how much? Once we know who we're going to vote for, how much does continual engagement in that help? That's a question. I'm not saying it doesn't help at all. I'm not saying none of us should do it, or it's not good, or we shouldn't spend any time on it. I'm just saying, let's question this. Let's question this for ourselves, and let's question, what does God want me to do? Does he want me to spend, I'm guessing most of us spend 10 hours a week, easy, on politics, easy. That's an hour a day, plus a little more. That's like to and from work on the radio and reading two articles. That's it. And maybe having one conversation. And that doesn't count the conversations in your head, arguing against people who aren't there, unless I'm the only one who does that. I'm not talking about schizophrenia. I'm talking about actually, this is so stupid. You know, arguing with people if they're not even there, let alone the people who are. And I've been finding myself spending time doing this. And I'm wondering, should I be spending time doing this? Is this helpful for me? Is it helpful for my family? Does it help the world? Does it help America? Or maybe there's another thing I should be doing instead. So I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn anybody here, but I do want you to think about it. How much engagement should I have with all this stuff that's going on? And is what I'm doing too much? Is that time well spent and energy well spent? Or could the time and energy be spent elsewhere? And I want to look at a verse that I think talks about this. It is a verse you will be very familiar with. Philippians chapter 4. If you want to grab your Bible and open to that. Philippians chapter 4. Now I am going to ask Phil and Margaret if they're feeling up to it, if they want to recite Philippians 4 because I know that they memorized it like 70 years ago, give or take. And that it's one of their favorite passages. I was thinking about uh, Phil and Margaret when I was looking at this passage and preparing this sermon because their desire to memorize this when they were very young 
and it's remained their great verse. And when you see good godly people who've stayed married for a million years and raised good family and all this kind of stuff, you want to know how do you do it, right? What's your trick? And one of it, the main one, is staying close to the Lord, but they memorized these verses together and they just lived in them all the time. And this is one of their favorites, one of my favorites too. Philippians 4, do you want to do that, Margaret and Phil, the Rejoice in the Lord Always passage? Get them a mic. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. 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 Rejoice in Thank you. Now that was from memory. That's not too bad. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, yeah, no, no warning. They just, when you put something like that in you and you keep, you keep living in the passage, it goes deep, right? It builds roots. And my parents taught me that. I memorized tons of stuff growing up because they're like, you got to get the word of God in you and let it get deep and let it grow. And so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Amazing. That's so wonderful. So I want to look at this passage um, with you real quick here. Philippians 4, starting with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, just about any circumstance, it's helpful for someone to tell you to rejoice, right? Remind us. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. But he says it again. <laughs> what kind of circumstance is happening, do you think? to the Philippian church, where he feels the need to say, rejoice in the Lord always, and then to say, I'm going to say that again. Yes. Rejoice, and then it's a command. Rejoice. Yeah, yeah. I think they were going through some stuff. Wow. I think things were hard. I think some of wow. them had had their businesses stolen and maybe had been beaten for the gospel. There were things going on that are way worse yeah. than these things going on. That's true. Okay. Yeah. They had been through some stuff. They were in the middle of some stuff, I'm guessing. Right. And so Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Hey, I'm going to say this again, folks. Yeah. Rejoice. Okay. Do it. Rejoice. Do that. Okay. So that's, yes. this is a passage for us. I think this is a prophetic passage for us mm. for this year, mm. yeah. quite honestly. And maybe we should all memorize this because it's yeah. so good. So rejoice in the Lord always. And I'm going to say it again, rejoice. They needed to hear this. We need to hear this. We need to be reminded to rejoice, commanded to rejoice. Because sometimes it's hard to rejoice. When we don't like what's going on, it's hard to rejoice. That's just human nature. And God's like, no, do that. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I'm going to choose not to touch that one right now. <laughs> Let your, there's not a lot of reasonableness in the culture right now. There's very little reasonableness going around. And I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, turn on any channel, read anything, and most of what's written or said is not particularly reasonable, right? So let your reasonableness be known to everyone, everyone else. So let them look at Christians and think they're reasonable. When people look at us, when they look at you, when they look at this church, the church in general, do they say, oh yeah, that's one thing about Christians we know is true, is they're reasonable people. Mm. 
I, I haven't heard it much. <laughs> Maybe a lot of non-Christians think that, but I have not heard that. Why not? And I don't mean because they believe in silly things like heaven and Jesus. Like, that's, that's always going to be a stumbling block, the Bible says. But when it comes to other stuff, yeah, so let, we'll leave that, <laughs> that one alone. And it says, the Lord is at hand. This is a weird phrase in the middle of all this preaching. Hey, the Lord is at hand, folks. Well, that means he is like yeah, yeah. about to do something, about oh. to show up, about to touch, about oh, to reach out. The Lord you, is at hand. Jesus. And so it's another reminder in the middle of what he's saying. Hey, 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 this is not nothing. This is not little. This is not right. a minor matter. Right. This stuff is big. The Lord is at hand. Yes. Therefore, there's stuff we need to do. There's things we need to change. There's things we need to shake off of our mind in particular. So that when the Lord shows up, when the Lord reaches out, when the Lord touches, we are ready to go with him. And to do what it is he's going to ask us to do in our community, in our family, etc. So Paul's really emphatic here. Hey, the Lord is at hand, folks. And I think this is true. I think the Lord is at hand now. I think revival's been starting and growing under the ground for a while now. And it's about to just shoot out. It may already be shooting oh, forth. Man. Anybody else believe that? Yeah. Revival yeah. is at hand. The, I think it's the third great awakening is at hand. And I could do many sermons on why I think that's true, but I really believe it's true, and I think it's true prophetically, and I think that's part of the reason why this is a prophetic passage for us. Hey, the Lord is at hand. We need to rejoice. This is not a suggestion anymore. It's not a suggestion anymore, especially when things are bad. You need to rejoice. Rejoicing when things are great, that's good. We should be thankful. We should rejoice when things are good. But when things are bad and you rejoice, that is powerful. That is powerful. Amen? Amen? And I think we've probably all experienced that at some point. It's hard to rejoice, right? When things aren't going well. It's hard to be thankful when things aren't going well. But when we can let that go and do it anyway, we, I'm just going to describe what I experience. I, I feel the spirit moving through me when I do that. When I rejoice, even though my heart says, Grr, when I let the spirit say, Praise Jesus yes. for this. I love you, God. It doesn't matter what's going on. When, when I do that, I feel the Spirit yes, in right. me mm -hmm. reaching out to God. That's, that's, that's good. That's what we want to do. So the Lord is at hand. And then, of course, the famous verse, do not be anxious about anything. Mm -hmm. I preached on that a lot. That's a tough one right now. Do not be anxious about anything. There are a couple things to be anxious about these days. Maybe more than a couple. Depending on where you live, there's very large fires. There's a lot of things to be anxious about right now. But again, this is a command. Do not be anxious. It's not a suggestion. Let's not be anxious about stuff. There's a lot of anxiety, but we need to let that go. And he says, so we don't be anxious about anything, which they're obviously anxious right now, right? His audience is anxious. We're anxious. There's a lot to be anxious about. So he's like, yes. don't do that, but instead mm -hmm. do something else. Don't let what's happening in culture and in the world right now spin you out of control, bend, bend you out of shape, get you so preoccupied that you don't have room in your brain for other stuff, you don't have room in your heart for other stuff because your internal dialogue is too loud about what's going on in the culture. Don't let that happen. Instead, verse 5, no, verse 6, 
but in everything, no by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, there's thanksgiving again, thanksgiving rejoicing happening all through here, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So in other words, instead of being anxious, yeah. instead of letting this stuff spin us out of control, instead of engaging and taking the bait, I see it as bait, mm -hmm. the media puts out all this bait, mm -hmm. and they're all self-serving, it's all, I might get in trouble here, but. <laughs> say it. Say it. All right. He said, <laughs> well, say it. Well, I don't know what it's going uh, to the, the Bible talks about principalities and powers, which are spiritual forces, kind of way up there. Principality means rulership, and a power is something that has an overarching extension of power over, I think, a certain thing. I think the power of politics is very strong right now. Yeah. And I really think that there's only one. And I'm talking about a demonic and evil, evil spiritual power, a darkness. And I think there's only one, and both sides serve it. That's my belief. And we can argue that outside of here if you want to at another time. But I think both sides tend to serve themselves. They only want power. They only want control. And all that comes from that same spirit, that same power. And I'm not saying we shouldn't engage with politics. I'm not saying we should engage with stuff, but I do think we should be careful. Because I think there's a lot of that toxicity I was talking about that gets on us. When we touch on that, that tainted area, we get tainted. I don't mean it doesn't even do our spirit, it doesn't wreck us, but it's the dirt on our feet, right? When we walk through that sludge, it's gross. And you know, in the disciples' day, when Jesus washed their feet, like, animals pooped in the street, like, all the time. So if you need your feet washed, they're really gross. Like, super gross. Okay? Wow. And that's why the Bible had such high cleanliness standards. Mm. And hand washing. And that sort of thing being so important, which we are getting reminded of now is so important. Right. It's, you know, right. the toxicity issue. And we need to be careful, I think, these days, not to grab onto too much of that toxic stuff. And again, I know this is controversial, and because people want to engage in politics and what's going on. I'm not saying we don't do that. I'm just saying let's think about it. Let's, let's bring it before the Lord, who is the Lord of our life, mm -hmm. and say, okay, God, how about you be in charge in my life about what I do in this area and how much I engage and be wise and mm -hmm. try not to take the bait. So he says, don't do that. Instead, what? Uh -huh. Pray. Yeah. Maybe there's something better. Maybe there's something better than engaging and reading and arguing. Maybe there's something better. Maybe we should pray. But in all things, instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. This should not be a surprising idea. Things are bad. Things are horrible. Things have you angry. Okay, what do we do with that anger? What do we do with all of that? We pray. Yeah. We let our request be made known to God. Thank you. Through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Don't forget that yeah. bit. Because sometimes, you know, the Bible says, in, in your anger, don't sin. Being angry isn't always a sin. Right. But it's really easy to get into sin when we're angry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And right. so we need to be careful about that and give all these things to God. And it says, and then, it doesn't actually use the word then, but I think you can insert it. <laughs> the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. And this is what we need right now. We need the peace of God to guard our hearts and our minds. Above all else in Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Do you feel like maybe you don't have enough life? There's too much death. There's too much other stuff. You don't have enough life. Let's guard our hearts. The peace of God will do that. The peace of God will do that. If we let go of the anxiety and all that stuff, and we instead lift those things up to the Lord and pray, the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds.
importance, and Paul is very concerned about yeah. this piece. So he's talking not just emotionally, right. but he's talking mentally, yes. what we think about, yeah. because what we think about affects our emotions and our actions yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And that's where it's been with me. It's not that I've been serially reading articles and, and watching news. I try not to watch news, certainly since COVID, we haven't even put it on in our house because I don't want the kids being near any of that stuff, right? right? But I think about it. <laughs> I, I see something wrong. I see something else wrong and I don't like it. And so then I think about it and I think about it and I think about it. And we need to ex exercise more self-control and rein those thoughts in. Take every thought captive in obedience to Christ is what Paul says elsewhere. Yeah. And so here he says, if we do this stuff, if we lay this down, then the peace of Christ which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need that guarded. And then we need to make a better choice moving forward. So what else do we think about? What else do we think about instead of all these horrible things that are screaming for our attention? Well, verse 8. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything even worthy of praise, think about that. Yeah. Think about that. And what you have learned and received and heard in me, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. So Paul's oh, saying, yeah, I tried yeah. to do this by example, right? I tried yeah. to, yeah, is, is the government terrible? Yeah. They killed Moisha last week. It's pretty bad, right? They took her shop because she wouldn't sell idols anymore. And so they took her shop, and now she doesn't have a way to provide for her family because her husband's already dead. They, they've done these terrible things in our church, Paul might have said. But I've tried to live by example to not let those things destroy us, but instead to give that to God, to pray about that, to hand that over to him and receive the peace of Christ through prayer and through thanksgiving. And it's way better. And then he says, and then the peace of God will be with you. And so this is what we want. We want more of the peace of God. Um, I'm going to pause this. I have a little bit more, but before I finish, I want to pause and I want us to do this. Is that okay? Just take a minute to pray kind of a detox sort of prayer. So just join me. Um, if you're at home or in a car, if you're in a safe place, please also join in in prayer. Um, if you can, close your eyes. If you are not in a safe place, do not close your eyes. I listen to stuff like this when I drive, so I, I'm thinking of you, driver. Father God, we just surrender to you all the stuff all the angst, all the, the fear, the confusion, the problems, the very real, very important problems in our culture right now. These things are important. And we wanna see change and we wanna see justice prevail. And so, Lord, we realize that we're not going to make those things happen. But you can. And so all of the toxicity and negativity associated with that, we just give that to you, Lord. And I want you to think about the last couple days. If there's anything that maybe made you get a little mad or made you spin out of control a little bit, I want you to just give that over to the Lord right now. 
I like taking deep breaths because it feels like I'm getting rid of stuff. That's not magic, it's just habit. But let's take a minute just to give any of that negativity over to the Lord. Lord, I confess that I've I've let myself go a little too far mentally or emotionally in some of these things that I didn't need to do. Uh, I confess that it's affected how I've reacted with my family. I've let my, my mood be altered by some of this stuff that's going on. And I confess that. Lord, I don't want, want to do that. I want to be a conduit of your peace and your grace all the time, not a channel of angst and worry and anger. So I confess that, I give that to you, Lord Jesus. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to just cleanse us, wash our feet. Wash our feet, Lord. Cleanse us with your refreshing winds, your refreshing rain, both common metaphors in scripture for the movement of the Holy Spirit. Wash away these things that we've allowed to maybe accumulate. Maybe we didn't even realize it was happening. I think that's usually the case. We don't even realize it. We just accidentally ate all this stuff that's making us sick. And we give that to you. We ask you to clean us out and fill us with your peace. Lord, your word promises that as we give you these things and as we instead pray that you fill us with your peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. In Christ Jesus, amen. So I've been doing that regularly, something like that. Um, I think it might be good to do. Um, and again, I would love to say that after doing that, I never let myself get upset again. But no, it was like an hour later, <laughs> right? It was just Friday that I was reading that thing and getting so mad. And it was infuriating what I was reading. I should have been upset, quote unquote, right? But I'm still in control of my own thoughts. And I allowed myself to get upset when I didn't need to. My being upset about that issue, even though I believe God, it was a racist thing, and I know God was upset about that. God hates that, right? And yet I, by my anger in that moment, was not helping God end racism. It was not helping my family. It was not helping me. It was not helping my church. It was not helping my country. It was just making me mad. And if the devil, the devil doesn't need to turn you from the straight and narrow to the opposite path. All he needs to do as you're going is go boop. If you know anything about astronomy and physics, if there's an asteroid coming to Earth and it's about to impact us, you don't need to do much to tip it. You don't need to go out there and blow it up with a nuke to keep it from hitting Earth. All you need to do is just get it to move just a tiny bit 
because that tiny bit, as time goes on, keeps going and going and going, and eventually it misses us. Literally, the current theory is all you have to do is go out there and paint one part of it with reflective paint, and the rays of the sun will now hit it in such a way that it's gonna knock it off course. Just a little paint saved the world from getting blown up. <laughs> it's amazing. And so, but, but the opposite is also true. The devil can do just a little thing just to get us a little off track, distracted, okay? And, and it's really easy to fall victim to that without even notice, noticing it. Uh, focus is worship, I think. What we focus on is worship. When we are praying, praising God, meditating on the Lord, when we focus, our worship is stronger, right? Most of us experience that. We feel maybe more of a connection to God when we're focusing. If you just sing songs and your mouth moves, that's, that's not the kind of worship that God asks for, right? He wants all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Focus. And what we focus on is worship. So, so what are we focusing on? What are you focusing on? Let's do a little inventory in your head. What am I focusing on these days? Lunch. Right now, I, I'm with you. Lunch. What else? What are we focusing on the last few weeks, the last few days? I'm saying ask yourself what you are focusing on and ask if what you're giving your time and energy to is worthy of your time and energy. Because what you focus on is what you're worshiping. It's what you're giving your time and your energy to. And we need to be careful there. So what are we, are we focusing on God or at least trying to bring everything in every situation, our focus back to the Lord? Or are we letting our focus be pulled? And is that thing, whatever it is, we were talking about politics as an example, but there might be other things, maybe something very specific to your life or your family. Is that thing worth our time and energy? And let's go back to the specific example of politics. How much time do we really need to spend on that? in a given week. Let's be honest. And think about it. I'm not, one sec. I'm not saying don't. I'm saying let's just audit ourselves. Think about it. Uh, where's the mic? The handheld? Can I grab that? Or let me do this. My first time back. I don't know the protocols. Just, there you go. Should be on. Well, I, I, when we talked about politics, you, you mentioned mm -hmm. that. And that yeah. is a, a sore area. It's a controversial for many, right now for maybe most yeah on a couple of large subjects but mm -hmm. what we've been doing uh is just getting back to basics pray yeah exactly. <laughs> we're to pray for our leaders mm -hmm. our, our government that's right and whether we agree uh, with them or not absolutely and uh way back in the 80s i think uh that got to be a big thing in the church and it got to be it, it was something that was widespread. Mm -hmm. You know, we had National Day of Prayers and all that, and we yeah. still have all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's my answer to it. You have to pray for your leaders, for, for yeah, absolutely. those in authority, according to Timothy. Yep. You know, so. Absolutely, and I think that is the answer. Yeah. And so, including the ones you don't like. Including the ones you don't Absolutely. like. Maybe more. So. I, know, I know some Christians who, when Bush was in office, was talking a lot about praying for our leaders. And then when Obama got in office, you didn't hear it as much from those people. And I'm like, ooh, your politics are showing. 
because you should pray just as much for the next president as you did for that one that you liked more, right? And so these, the, maybe more, maybe more. And so, by the way, I'm not saying Bush versus Obama. I'm just saying these are people I knew who were doing this, right? And I called a couple people on it, and they were like, you're right, you're right. They just weren't naturally drawn to pray for that person because they didn't like their politics, right? And, but we're not supposed to do what we're naturally drawn to do. We're supposed to follow the Holy Spirit. So do we need to spend as much time on politics as we're spending? And I, I audited myself, and I'm not going to tell you how much time it was because it's embarrassing. But it was a lot more than I thought. I would, like, literally, I, for a couple days in a row, I literally would write down on my phone in a note, oh, I just spent 15 minutes thinking about this. Add 15 minutes to the timer. Oh, add 15 minutes more. Talking to a friend on the phone, add another 15 minutes. Oh, got a text. Yep, that's a funny meme, but I still have to add time to it. When I did that, after a couple days, I'm like, dang. I am spending so much time on this stuff. Is that right? Is that what I should be doing? And again, maybe it is for you, but let's bring it up to the Lord and let's ask him. Because what my conclusion was for me was that is what I'm doing helping my family, helping me, helping the world? No. I want to help the country. I want to help the state. I want to help our cities. And is this doing that? And the answer for me was clearly no. I'm not a politician. I'm not running for state senate or something. So I don't need to spend that much time on that for me. Instead, prayer. And that was the answer. And that's what Philippians here clearly says. Let go of that stuff. And instead, and he uses multiple different words for prayer. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. So here's my suggestion for you. Homework. Sorry. School started. It's fall. Homework time. Think about, give yourself a little internal audit th this week. How much time am I spending on politics? And I'm not trying to say feel guilty every time you do. That's not the point of this. This isn't condemnation. It's just a very honest assessment. How much time am I spending on this? God, is that what you want? Because maybe if, let's say 10 hours, you're spending 10 hours a week on politics, maybe it would be better to spend, let's say, half that amount on prayer. And maybe for every 30 minutes that you spend thinking about politics, you could decide, okay, every time I do that, I'm going to spend 15 minutes in prayer. If I spend 30 minutes reading articles or 30 minutes watching the news or 30 minutes listening to a radio program, after that, I'm going to spend 15 minutes in prayer. Just half. Just consider that as homework. Miriam, uh, sorry. Yep, and yes, <laughs> because at the end of the day, is any political person going to save us or save this country? The answer is no. Only Jesus can save us. And next week I'm going to talk a little bit about that because I think there's some idolatry in the church right now and God has really specific opinions 
on whether or not you can have other idols in his presence. He doesn't like it. It's the first commandment. You've probably read it. So I encourage us to do that audit over the next week. Again, this is not a condemnation thing. I'm saying let's think about this because a lot of my friends, they're getting spun out of control and they're letting themselves get so they feel yucky afterwards. There's a hint. If you feel yucky after reading something or after talking about something, maybe there was something going on that was yucky. Um, do a little audit for yourself. Give it to the Lord. And then consider spending at least half that much time in prayer. Do you think we can do that? Is that too hard of an assignment? And again, I know this is tough for a lot of people because a lot of us are really invested in certain issues or certain things that are going on. And so this, this might be, you know, this might have been a challenging word for some of us or some listening at home. And I, I respect that. I understand that. I'm not saying we should engage, but I am saying we should submit it to God. And the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray. Yes, Anne. Well, I was just going to say, it also has to do with our position. You know, if we've allowed politics to be part of that thing above us, or if we are operating from the position of seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, and this is part of what's below us, and he's given us the authority yep. to walk. And one of the best... Um, in dealing with therapy with one of my kids, one of the best things of advice I ever got is don't let anybody ever rob your peace. Yes. And this was a non-Christian, <laughs> but she just said nobody gets to bring you to that level. So Amen. if you're allowing any of these issues, you can replace it with politics. And it sounds like that's what you're going into next week. But it isn't just that. It's if anything has got that kind of command in our life, yep. we got it in the wrong place. Exactly. And that's... That's sort of the thesis of my sermon next week. So good job. This was a, this was a teaser trailer. Uh, you can hang on to it. And that's that we are seated with Christ. That's where we are. Let's not let the world distract us down here where the muck and the mire are. We might have to walk down here as missionaries, but let's not let the world distract us from who we really are and who we're called to be, which is above all of that stuff. Amen. Let's, let's end in prayer. Father God, this is tough stuff. This is, especially these days, this is tough stuff. Difficult things are going on in this country. Help us to see, lead us, guide us, give us wisdom. Your word said that if anyone lacks wisdom, just let them ask of God who gives generously and without finding fault. And so, Lord, we ask for wisdom. Wisdom into ourselves and how we are and how we're acting. Wisdom of you and how we should be conducting ourselves in regards to these things. It's so easy for me to spend so much time thinking about stuff when I believe you've told me I should be spending that time praying about it instead. Help us, guide us to be able to turn these things from just our concerns into prayers to lift these things up to you teach us how to do that holy spirit jesus said that you would when you came holy spirit you would come to lead us into all truth to remind us of all things teach us of all things and so holy spirit we ask you to teach us how to do this how to choose to set aside the anxieties and all the stuff that's going on and instead address those concerns in prayer
and give them over to you. That we can let nothing rob our peace. We need you to help us do this because we're terrible. At least I'm terrible at this right now. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us. I pray that other people would sense the love, joy, and peace of God when they talk to us instead of sense opinions or anger about this or that. Even if they disagreed, they would say, well, you know what? I, I don't like what that guy's saying, but I sure feel better after talking to him about it. I pray that we could be good ambassadors, good missionaries in these difficult days. In Jesus' name, amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look at you with his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.